What's up, everyone? I recently got the chance to be a part of a roundtable interview with the creators of The Bad Batch. This one is with D. Bradley Baker, who plays Hunter, and Wrecker, and Tech, and Crosshair, and literally every clone, and also this bird. I wanted to throw out a quick warning that some of the questions and answers get into very light spoilers for Season 3, so I took those out and I moved them to the end of the video just in case you want to watch the Season 3 premiere without any extra knowledge. I'll throw up a spoiler warning before that section, but that said, please enjoy the interview. Hi, Dee. Dan's there from Coffee with Kenobi. Hey, Dan. Great to have you uh, and chat with you. Uh, I want to talk about your journey into voice acting and vocal performance. What first drew you into this field and how did it bring you into the world of Star Wars? Well, Star Wars uh, drew me in uh, when I was a kid, when I originally watched it. I mean, that 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 was just a, a, a bucket of, of space water thrown on my head that completely changed. It galvanized my young mind. You know, I immediately had my parents create for me a Jawa costume for Halloween back in 1977. Uh, so I was, I, I loved Star Wars. I fell hard for it, as did, as did many, many people. And so um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's been most gratifying to, uh, to, to jump into that and to find, uh, to find my place in this, uh, in this amazing universe that, uh, that I loved so much as a kid. Thanks, D. Uh, William Dever with Ion Cannon Podcast. Looking back on the three seasons of the series, do you have a favorite episode or moment? Uh, that's a really tough one to choose. My two favorite moments would be, one would be Tech uh, in the water cave talking to Omega about how he processes the world differently. That's that's resonated with a lot of people. And it really, um, that, 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 that might have to be my favorite moment too because of it's something that that totally fits in with the story um but it's something that people are hungry to hear and and to and to feel is is at play and and acknowledged in and accepted in the world and and so that that very moment i think that might be my favorite my favorite episode would probably be the outpost episode with crosshair and mayday which is this this heartbreakingly uh, uh, just this 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 tragic and sad uh, story that that plays out and is the turning point for for Crosshair, and um, and I, I really love that clone Mayday. Uh, the, he's he's such a heroic and noble old lion that goes down and um, and is is really the helps assist uh, Crosshair in. In, in crossing over to a, a different perspective and finally admitting to what he's done and what the consequences of that are. Hey, hey, D Bright Sons, we are Richard and Sarah from Skywalking Through Neverland. Hello. Hey, hey. And Brad Rao had mentioned that you and Michelle really took to the relationship between Crosshair and Omega. We're going to talk about Crosshair a lot. And you guys really pushed it in the recording sessions. So can you just give us an example about how you two did that? Well, um, Brad allowed us, uh, and, and Jen, our, our head writer, they, they allowed us wiggle room in, in making these scenes feel real. And so th there would be some improv involved because here you have little bright star Omega and here you have grumpy old snake crosshair. And so the, the way that these, the, the reason that, that these scenes feel more real than you might expect um, is that they, they gave us breathing room to improvise 
the nuances of, of what's playing out. And that can be something as small as just a, a, a sigh or um, it can be a, it can be a different way of saying it, it may just say n o period no, but it can it could be performed as a no. It it it's there, there's a there's a as a spin to the flavor of of uh, uh, what what can actually just be a very simple scene that they allowed us to uh, to play with to make it feel more authentic and ultimately more affecting as um, as I think fans are going to see soon. Hi, D. This is Alex from Star Wars Explained. Hey, Alex. Hi. Uh, looking back at 16 years worth of the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch and voicing countless individual clones, how do you go about keeping their names and the unique voices you've given all of them straight? Well, fortunately for me, I don't have to. <laughs> I do take notes uh, with certain clones that are prominent or that we revisit. Uh, if there's, for instance, a clone... Uh, that uh, that has multiple uh, appearances within an arc or within a season, um, I'll, I'll make some notes that are just a shorthand sketch of what makes the guy unique and kind of how to hang my hat, my helmet vocally uh, with that character. Um, and, and, then, and then the last resort is they can always, uh, the, the engineer can always quickly dial up that particular clone so we can hear what he sounds like uh, so that there's this... Uh, uh, a continuity of what's already been established because that's very important is to keep these guys not only sounding different but to, to but to maintain a continuity of character through uh the the multiple times that we end up uh seeing them because they're different people that's the key is that they, they may look the same essentially um although they have like tats and facial hair and you know stuff like that it's cool it's cool to see how they 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 want to express their individuality because they are individuals. That's 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 the real key to it is they are individuals. And that's what I think people love about them. That's what I love about them is they're not just robots. I mean, it's it's very much in the in the prequels. It, it, it is humans versus robots. And that's really what uh, George Lucas and Dave uh, underscored when they launched into the Clone Wars series uh, way back when is that these guys are human and they are distinct individuals. And so uh, a big part of the mission for, for doing all these shows, all these seasons, is to keep these guys their own person. Hi, Dee. Uh, this is Tara Bennett from Star Wars Insider Magazine. Hey. Um, so I wanted to ask, you know, uh, alluding a little bit to what you'd spoken to before, um, you're tracking all of these very separate, distinct personalities, but coming into a, a final season when you know that... Um, that these are arcs that are gonna have their climax and conclusion. Was there a different way in which you came into this season talking with Brad and, and, and Jen just to either get a little information so that you could prepare or, um, or to be able to, in your own mind, kind of arc out these individual stories um, that you're responsible for in a, you know, throughout these last episodes? Well, my great advantage coming into all of this are the beautiful scripts that, that, that Jen wrote and. Uh, and that the writing team wrote uh, with with Brad and Dave's oversight um, uh, and assistance, and it's um, I mean that that's that is the gold that any actor wishes for, because when it get, when it comes down to it, the script is the most important thing, <laughs> and then it's a matter of getting the right people to allow the script to be as good as it can be. But if you don't have a good script, 
there's no amount of technique or, or effort that will make it a not good script. <laughs> so I was very lucky to launch into this new season with, um, with a very high stakes, uh, emotionally connected uh, 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 setup. And so that, that right away was already in place. Uh, as are the, the relationships and the dynamic of what's playing out, it's really clarified because the, the Bad Batch started out as kind of like, what are we doing? We're, we're sort of these oddball guns for hire that, that work within uh, this larger military structure, but now we're just freelance. And so we're doing some freelance missions and trying to figure out, um, you know, are we just going to survive? Are we actually going to do anything other than just kind of keep going or what are we doing? Uh, and then finally it comes around to, uh, turns out we, we, have to, we have to engage with this we have to get involved, and in doing so, uh, we get bit, we get separated, we get we get attacked, we get things we got to deal with, and so that's what's playing out here. So I, I I guess what I'm saying is that that the 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 whole ground landscape was was so fully and beautifully prepared that it was much easier to step into this season, which has it's got a lot more going down, not just personally, but also on a larger scale. Um, and um, it's it it. I mean, they 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 bring it into a satisfying conclusion. It was it, it was. I, I was actually heartened to hear that they said we're finishing it with three seasons, because that was a that was a uh, that was a sour note for me when we stopped the Clone Wars without finishing the Clone Wars. And I I thought, as did all fans, it's like that was it. The creative pipeline is smashed, as Dave said. And it's just it, we can't we can't recover the elements. We're not going to do it. It, it ain't it ain't going to happen. But then it did. <laughs> and um, and 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 so that was the lovely thing is that that the Clone Wars got this this wonderful, satisfying, devastating finish and the the Bad Batch get their own finish, too. So I, I was very happy that these that this group and this story gets to fulfill the um, uh, all of the threads and all of the, the the stories, the questions that the series started with so beautifully with that first episode. And so um, so I was very excited to see what they're going to do. And, and, and as we saw at the end of season two, is they are not afraid of making things happen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see more of the fruits of that very soon. Hi, Dee. It's James from Jedi News. Hey, James. How is it coming to an end of the Bad Batch and saying goodbye to these amazing characters? And which member of Clone Force 99 are you going to miss the most? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I find myself at the end of this uh, with uh, profoundly mixed emotions. I'm very happy um, of how it's played out. It's, it's uh, cinematic and beautiful and full, and it's, it's great Star Wars. But even if you're not necessarily a star wars fan it's great storytelling it's a compelling story with characters that you connect with and so it's been really gratifying to be a part of that uh it's also something that i very much will miss but you you learn this as an actor is you come together to make a show to collaborate in the story that you're telling together but then there's always a final curtain call and you say farewell and you move on to the next show and you get used to this as an actor, which is a very human thing, is that we, we, we come together and tell the story of our lives, whether it's, it's, it's learning to be a person in our society, 
it, or to be a family member or to be a, a good friend and, uh, or to be a, you know, the, the owner of a pet or something, but something that, that you invest yourself in that you collaborate with to create this, this story, this human story. And then eventually you have to say goodbye to that and you move on uh, and you find other stories to, to connect with and to support yourself with or to give yourself to. And so that, that's, it, it, it's with great mixed emotion that I, that I feel the approach uh, of, of the wonderful mission that we are bringing home. Evening, everyone. Hi, Dee. Uh, Mark from Panther Tracks. Hey. Um, hey there. You've been so involved in so many storylines in, obviously, the Clone Wars and now in the Bad Batch. Do you think the era, the Clone Wars era and the post-Clone Wars era, gets the credit that it really deserves? And as an actor being so involved, how interesting has that been for you to perform all of this? Well, the, the Clone Wars era, I mean, all I see is just <laughs> lines of fans at the conventions. Who, who want to say hello to this clone or that clone? So uh, I, I think the attention is very much, very much there, and, and I feel it. You know, I I I feel that full force with the uh, the fire hose of fandom that that you experience at a convention. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's it's very exciting to be a part of that, and, uh, and yet I I do feel only a part of it because the thing is. People want to, 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 they want to say hello to Rex. They want to say hello to Wrecker. They want to say hello to, I don't know, Cody or whoever else. And it's like, yes, I voiced these, but I did not write these. I did not direct these. I didn't animate it. I didn't light it. I didn't, you know, on and on and on. There's a whole collaborative army of these artistic, uh, brilliant technicians and, and artists who are are creating every single frame of it, that is if we still have frames of 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 the story that's that's playing out and so i i, I temper my i temper my actor's ego with <laughs> with the perspective that this is a a grand collaboration of a story and that the the way that these characters and these clones connect with the fans and the people that love these shows is part of a group effort and i am but one of of the troops on that dropship. Popping in here real quick to say we're now at the spoiler part of the interview, so this is your warning. Hi, D. Uh, George and Josh with the Hollow Files. Um, we had a question about we had a question about uh, you reading the scripts for this season. So I'm sure a lot of emotions and thoughts circulated after finishing reading that final page of the final episode. I'm wondering what was your immediate emotional reaction? What thoughts were coming into your head as you read that last script? Um. Have you you guys haven't seen the last script though, right? Well, I don't want to talk with too much detail because I don't want to I don't want to spoil a Star Wars moment for you. But um, but I will say that that the emotions that are in play are are real human emotions, not just one of being a a family member or a friend, but also of being a father, a father to a daughter. I have two daughters, and so um, just not to get into it too much, but but that. There's there's a lot of authenticity that's in in play with how the season finally, in its epilogue, plays out, and it's very affecting. It's very beautiful, and um, and uh, I'll I'll defy you to uh, to avoid tears. <laughs> Hi, I'm Trisha Barr from Fangirls Going Rogue podcast. Hey, Trisha. Uh, glad to be talking with you. Um, Crosshair is gone from this kind of classic Star Wars 
redemption story moving into an atonement arc. Can you talk a little bit about your approach to that? Crosshair is a is a is a complex character who's uh, who's interesting because he starts out as a as a a selfish, grumpy, uh, incredibly competent person, and then is caught with his own selfishness and also some bad calls he has in terms of uh, what the lay of the landscape is. And so he is someone who needs to be sprung from two different cages. One is the actual prison cage that he is entrapped in, and the other is a personal psychological cage that I think he is also trapped in because he's a beaten man, he's lost, and he thinks all is lost. He thinks it's, he is done, and this is completely done. And the counter to that is Omega. <laughs> Omega has learned over these past two seasons with the Bad Batch to, to be not only confident in herself, but to have a sense of optimism and practical persistence that is open to the improvisation of problem solving that she is about to school <laughs> old crosshair in. <laughs> so that's a that's an interesting journey to be on. I think one that people can relate to, um, to to work through your own obstacles to find the light and to find the optimism and to and to and to be liberated because of that. Hello, D. This is Kerwin and Keith of Father Son Galaxy. Hey, how's it going? Kerwin How and are Keith. You? Great. Hi. Hi. Dad and lad. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, last year we asked you about what Crosshair thinks of the Empire. Hmm. Now that we know what's happened in the last season, we have a new question. How do you think Crosshair will regain the trust of the Batch and Rex pending his return? Well, Crosshair has got to walk through the fires that he has set. <laughs> Crosshair's got to make the uh the honest effort and do the work to um to, to make to, to not only get himself out and to get himself free, but also to make good on who he is and where he stands uh, with his brothers and sister. So that that personal journey um, is is part of what's at play in this new season. Hey, D. <clears throat> Brian Young, full of Sith hey, podcast. Um, I'm curious. Uh, you've been doing episodes where it's very clone heavy going back to season one where you, you're practically the only person doing voices. Uh, this season of Bad Batch, we have episodes where if it's not the record for the amount of different clones you had to do, it's close. And I'm wondering um, what that's like doing those episodes uh, sort of by yourself where you've got the Bad Batch and all the regs and everybody. Um, but how has that process changed for you or has it over the years where you've had to do that with, with all these clones? I think I've relaxed into the the juggling match of <laughs> of reading through a scene or an episode where it's mostly just me talking to myself and I have to make the reality of not just the 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 sound of the voice uh clear and and accurate but it also has to play out with the choreography and the presence and the energy charge of the scene that's playing out as well uh now way back when in the clone wars when we didn't even know if that was going to work it it was it was more of I, I was a little more freaked out about it now i i think i've relaxed into the uh the magic trick <laughs> of jumping from character to character to character as we move through the scene because 
um, the writing is very clear. The story is very clear of what has to happen. And Brad and Jen are there to guide me with this. And so um, I, can, I, 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 I can do this with more confidence and more ease um, with, in a, with something that, that seems it's, it's fuller and it's, 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 more, it's more complex, um, but I'm used to playing the orchestra. I'm, I'm, I'm used to the instruments. I'm used to, to bringing this all into one symphonic sound together. And so it's, it, 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 it's something that doesn't feel as daunting or frightening to me <laughs> as it once did. <laughs> When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.